Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I'm Bobby in Oregon. Hi, I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie's in traffic again. Typical. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You were saying that you're at a uh, busy intersection, but the power's out, so you have to treat it as a four-way stop. Yes. Well, so. Let me ask you this real quick. Are people still confused on who goes first? Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So it's one of those, like, you got to be assertive and just, like, try to let people go and then be like, you know what, I'm going, and then you just put yourself out there. Right. Uh, I will tell you this. The drivers in Oregon, why we are wild and crazy, we are somewhat courteous. So we will spend more time saying, no, you can go ahead, and then you end up and actually going. But, hey. Um, so, yeah, you're stuck in traffic. Bonnie, fill us in what's happened with you weather-wise over the last week. You know, it's not a whole lot. It started to heat back up. Um it's pretty hot right now. Sun's out. There's a few high clouds. No big deal. Um, we had an itty bitty, teeny tiny cold front come through yesterday, and it it sparked up some storms a little bit. There was one that did get a severe thunderstorm warning on it for a minute, but it didn't it didn't make it to central Oklahoma. It was up in western northwestern Oklahoma, and that was pretty much it. Um, it tried to sprinkle here yesterday afternoon, and then that was it. So I, I don't know. It's quieted down. It's gotten hot again. Well, uh, out here in Oregon, temperatures are in the lower 70s. It's mostly cloudy today. There have been some sun breaks, but um, down in the Willamette Valley around Eugene, uh, they had a little bit of rain. So there are some areas that are still going without a rain-free streak uh, and other areas that has ended today. Um, I want to say Corvallis, where Oregon State University is, they're around 70 days now with no measurable precip. So nice. some areas are still in a pretty big drought. Um, it is summer, so you know we don't usually see a whole lot of rain around here. But uh, the Portland area, we saw some showers last week. Uh, it was great. I was happy to be under one of the only ones that actually was in our Portland metro area, and it was very refreshing. And then instantly became very very humid afterwards. So that was not enjoyable. But it was nice to see the rain. Um, the temperatures here also are going to be heating up. It's going to be uh, heading into the 80s through Labor Day. And, uh, man, it's just it's a great way to end summer and kick off fall. But, Bonnie, are, have you heard what's back at Starbucks? Oh, is it the pumpkin stuff? It is. It's the official, you know, kickoff <sighs> to fall. Pumpkin spice lattes are out there for all of you ladies. You know what? I don't even do the pumpkin spice thing, but I feel like it gets earlier and earlier every year. You know, and it's like pretty soon we're going to be having pumpkin all year long. And I just can't deal with that. Funny you mention that because it's actually one of the earliest launch dates in the last 10 years. They need to get over it. They're, it's going to ruin its specialness if they just. I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that. Because <laughs> then you would have to ruin leggings and Uggs and oversized sweatshirts and scarves. And I know for you ladies, that's not about to happen. So. Oh, yeah, no. Sweaters and leggings is is life all day every day right yeah i look cuter in the winter and fall than i do in the summer <laughs> fair <laughs> enough all right so weather wise uh it's been kind of quiet 
thankfully the smoke has cleared out here in Oregon and I know the smoke has finally cleared out for you in Oklahoma City. You don't have a whole lot of African dust, but Bonnie, we actually might have something happening in the Atlantic. I know. It's uh, finally, see, I'm telling you, Mother Nature was waiting and this is peak hurricane season anyways, the end of the summer. So, you know, maybe we just get this one, but who knows, maybe it'll it'll be something crazy, but you know, it's still far away. Correct. So we'll see what it does. Yeah, and as we're taping this Thursday afternoon, the National Hurricane Center in Miami has an area there watching. Um, they're calling it Tropical Area 6, and it has a high likelihood to form into something more than just being a wave right now that's come off the African continent. So uh, it's still a ways out. Literally, it just came off the African continent. So um, you're still looking at a week, maybe 10 days before we have to really start to pay attention to it. But... Finally, there's something out in the Atlantic. Thankfully, we have something to talk about traffic-wise. Listen, I know that Lane did this awesome you know, number, <laughs> was going to do this number on Hawaii, and then literally got sheared apart and reformed after it had passed back to the west of the Hawaiian Islands. But man, um, if you get a chance, just uh, find the visible satellite and watch that storm get sheared apart because it is something that I have never seen um, to go from a Category 5 hurricane to a tropical storm to basically nothing in the span of about 24 hours was really cool to see. I mean, you know, it, it really let us all down. I mean, thank you, you know, because we don't want Hawaii to get destroyed or anything. But, you know, like, how do you go from Category 5 to, like, hurricane confetti? You know what I mean? So right. it's like... <laughs> But couldn't hold it together for five minutes and, and whatever. But, you know, at least we had one cat five something so far this season. Right. And we have a new word. We're going to our new term is going to be uh, hurricane confetti. <laughs> so is that when a storm gets sheared apart by the wind shear and it doesn't do anything? Yeah. And it's just all shredded up. Yeah. Okay. It's hurricane confetti. I coined that term. Okay. I want that on record. It is on record. I coined that term. Perfect. Well, good to know. Um so I'm, I, I know that a lot of us, you know, people are just like, oh, gosh, you know, something got to worry about in a hurricane. I heard today a commodity trader was saying that after this weekend, with the summer driver, driving season now coming to an end, gas prices should start to go back down. And she goes, however, the only caveat is unless we have something happen in either the Atlantic or the Gulf of Mexico that could potentially disrupt oil production. So, Bonnie, um, for our sake, I hope this tropical uh, wave, whatever it is, um, is pretty, and maybe it does form into a tropical storm or hurricane, but let's keep it offshore. Let's have it right up the east seaboard a couple hundred miles off the coast, not affecting anything but shipping lanes, and uh, the price of gas will remain relatively affordable. Uh, you know, I bet that guy just jinxed us. I, I bet he just, like, you know, knock on wood, because now it is going to come into the Gulf and do something because he said that. So, you know what, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. But I will say gas prices around here aren't terrible. They're 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 all right. They're a tiny bit higher than usual, but it hasn't been awful. Okay, I'm sure you know this all the time. You had what are you paying for a gallon of gas? Uh, it's two forty something. It's either forty one or forty six. Oh, okay. Well, you're gonna you're gonna laugh at this. Um, a gallon of regular right now at the gas station down the street for me is three twenty five. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> Wow. It's it's very expensive out on the West Coast. It's expensive, especially up in the Pacific Northwest. We don't really have any refineries anywhere close um, except for California and maybe one or two in Washington State. But uh, all of our gas gets, you know, trucked in. And so 
uh, it's usually more expensive. So, yeah, we pay a pretty penny for petroleum to put in our cars, and uh, I don't need that price going up anytime soon. Yeah, definitely not. Um, yeesh. Yeah. 325? Yeah. That hurts my soul for you. I'm really sorry. Like, you, I mean, you want me to buy you some gas and, like, sure, absolutely. I mean, you can, send, you. you can send me some cash. I'd appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, one of the things that happened this week that I thought was really interesting, the National Weather Association had their annual convention. And uh-huh. so if you follow these guys on Twitter at NWAS or on Facebook, they did a really great job. And they had all of their keynote speakers were streamed live on Facebook. And it was really cool to see some of the little classes that they had here and there. But we had tweeted out, and I know that I tagged you in this and others, um, one of the one of the presenters was doing an example where I believe it's a she. So please, if I'm wrong with this, you know, correct me, but she p- compiled this um, list of tornadoes and how tornadoes appear in certain time periods and certain times per day. And she used four examples. She used Oklahoma city. She used South Florida, Washington DC metro area and Northeast Colorado. And so you know, it was just really fascinating to go in and look at this. And let's start with Oklahoma City because that's where you are. And we have talked about you guys having a, you know, kind of a spring a chase season and a fall chase season. Mm-hmm. According to this, from 1950 to 2017, this report claims that it's a very focused season where it's basically April, May, June, and then it dies off. And so it's it's pretty focused within that. With that said... September, October, November have kind of this little bump where Mm -hmm. that would, I guess, you know, call your fall chase season. But the thing that I was really interested in is, and it said basically from 2 o'clock in the afternoon through about 6 or 7 is your prime time to have tornadoes in the Oklahoma City area. So if you're a chaser, a forecaster, anything to do with weather, basically between two and seven is kind of your five hour window where you have to worry. And obviously there are times after that, eight, nine, ten o'clock, yes, you're gonna get some tornadoes there, but you're pretty focused between those hours of two and you know, two and eight, somewhere in there. So Bonnie, as somebody that lives in Oklahoma City, you know, does this does this kind of line up with what you've experienced or is this something where you just kinda of looked at and you were like, hmm, I wonder how she came up with this? Um, you know, I'm going to say the disclaimer, everybody says tornadoes can happen any time of year, any time of the day, but yes, that is actually spot on. Of course, May, I mean, that's, you know, that's common knowledge nowadays that May in Oklahoma is, is the peak, but yes, between two and seven, six ish, seven, yes, is, is the time of day. And it's always the time that they're watching. And it just has to do with, getting the surface temperatures heated up throughout the whole day and so by mid-afternoon early evening things are heated up the warm air is rising caps breaking and and you know all hell's breaking loose and so that's that's the reason and then you know we have a small window again later in the evening as the sun goes down because that low level jet will kick in and that will also help get things to spin up a little bit but yeah two two to seven is is prime, which is great because in between that time is when kids are going home from school. People are getting off work and going home. So that's where we get these highway traffic jams and people stopping under overpasses. And, you know, it's the same, same story every year. And 
doesn't matter how many times we go over it, same stuff happens, but right. you know. <laughs> and so so let's take let's take Oklahoma City and let's move now down to South Florida where again, admittedly they don't have a whole lot of tornadoes. But with that said, it's still active. Of course, it makes sense. You're right on the Gulf of Mexico. You get those daytime storms that fire up, and they can go severe, and they can produce tornadoes. However, the thing that I found interesting is there's really no actual like active tornado season. I mean, you're looking at percentages of tornadoes anywhere from you know, 0 to 27%, but that's going from January to November. I found it very funny that in July, they basically have not ever reported a tornado. So, uh, again, I say that not knowing, you know, I'm sure the tropics have factored into this as well, but they're well, wind- most of their tornadoes come from a hurricane coming on land. I bet I, that's where they get a lot of their tornado touchdowns. I, I, you know, what? I think it would be. And I'm looking at the tracks here of these storms and, you know, we know a majority of the storms move in that northeast direction from south, southwest to northeast. And you look at these you know track tornadoes and they fit that pattern so yeah maybe it is maybe it's a storm that's coming in and you're coming off the panhandle and you're moving out from the gulf toward the atlantic so that would make sense but you know the timing on this is is basically 6 a.m to 10 p.m that's all day long so, so if the sun is out they have a good chance if they're gonna right. get one it'll be when the sun is out i mean you know that makes sense and i'm sure the fact that they're surrounded by water and don't have a lot of just land that that has something to do with it you know it's so weird it's it's i've never really i guess thought about it but you different climates across the u.s are going to be harder to forecast for you know like i'm just used to the way oklahoma functions and it just it's crazy how little factors will change things you know and i'm sure that it's that moisture content and the fact that they're surrounded by water that has to affect why it's all day long that they can get a tornado and why they don't get very many, I'm sure, you know, so it's it's just crazy. Right, and I can say, you know, up here in Portland, a majority of the tornadoes that we have happen in our cold season, you know, the, the cold core funnels where you have air that's moving at different heights, either thanks to a mountain range or another geographic feature that can create, you know, that the twisting in the atmosphere, and then you get just a basic updraft, and look, you pop out an EF1 or an EF2 tornado, and you chew up the countryside or it goes through downtown Longview or a small town and you're like, wow, where did that come from? And it's a quick hit. It's there and it's not. And sometimes you see it on radar. Sometimes you don't. So it's all over, but let's move forward to Washington, DC. There again, their overall season basically ranges from February through September. Um, and their, their time was another one that I looked that I thought was really interesting from basically 12 o'clock to nine o'clock is their kind of their their actual window. This report's seeing a six hour window from say maybe one o'clock to seven o'clock. But again, so late afternoon, with the exception of Florida, you know, again you have to have that daytime heating. However, when you're looking at eleven percent of the tornadoes are in February or seventeen percent of the tornadoes are in April, that's still relatively cold air, so it's gotta be a mixing then of southerly influence and that, you know, that air mass that's cold coming out of it. And it's just, it was really interesting to see that, especially, you know, Washington, D.C. Yes, we know you get a lot of thunderstorms, but I didn't realize you were that active tornado-wise. Yeah, that is crazy. And see, it just, it just goes to show you that meteorologists, scientists, everybody, we don't all fully understand weather fully, you know, because 
all these different factors go in and these different climates in the U.S. and you get the same type of weather, but it's all because of different things, different amounts of the same ingredients. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's super fascinating to me. It makes me want to go live long-term in all these different places and get a feel for how their seasons go. Right. And so the last stuff that I want to talk about is the Northeast Colorado uh, slide, which I thought was interesting because the one thing that absolutely sticks out is you see that they have a 90%, 97% of their risk is spread out over three months, May, June, July, and that's it. So wow. outside of those three months, you likely are not going to see anything. And their tornadoes in terms of like actual time are late evening, six o'clock, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10 into 11 o'clock. But again, it's that late hit. Um, and, you know, it's different. It's, it's not far from Oklahoma City where we saw it was earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and if you look at it, Goshen County, uh, Wyoming is not too far from this area. Of course, Goshen was kind of the first major tornado that um, Vortex 2 was on, that the Weather Channel was on. They captured the full start, the full basically life cycle of that tornado that was on the ground for a long time. And so that would, you know, feed into this data as well. But you look at it, 97% Bonnie of the tornado risk is three months. So you live nine months of your life in Northeast Colorado, not having to keep an eye to the sky. And then those three, those other three months you're living in terror, but you know, what? Oh, yeah. that would be a little bit boring. if like nine months out of the year. I mean, I guess they get their good snows and stuff that we don't get here. So I guess sure. it's not completely boring, but I mean, yeah, they get some good, they get some good sized ones just like we do. So I don't know if, I guess that's the mountain influence and stuff, but I, that's very interesting that it's just those three months. Right. And when you look at, you know, all the, gosh, when you look at all this data, you know, the things that, like I said, stick out again is that you have all of this, you know, stuff and it's with the majority of South without the, sorry, the minority in South Florida of this report, but the other ones where you look at this, it's all late afternoon or early afternoon to late. And so it's, it's truly, it's got to be ground effect heating. It's got to be atmospheric heating. It's got to be, you know, stuff that's just there. And I apologize. It was John Hart that made the present the presentation. So Mr. Hart, I apologize. You're clearly not a woman. That was my bad, but you look at all of the stuff and again, it's got to be based on, you know, the heating because it's, it's afternoon by the time, like you said, it takes something for the cap to break. And apparently that's what is happening. Yeah. Well, and you got to get that rising motion to get any storms to get going anyways. And so you've got to get that, the, the air down here at the surface to heat up. You know, we all know warm air rises, so it takes all day for it to, to get hot and then it parcels air to start rising and then, Rise and rise, break the cap, and poof, everything else is in place. Your windshield and your moisture and your instability, and which would, be, which would be the cape. And then you get a May 3rd, you get a May 13th, you get a May 31st, you know? Right. So. It just, it, it really blows my mind. But again, if you had a chance to sit back, and I hope the National Weather Association posts a lot of this stuff on their pages, and they did, like I said, a really good job of going live with most of their keynote speakers and some of the cool, fun things they did around it. But go back and watch it, because a lot of the stuff was super fascinating, where it's, you just look at it, you're like, man, there's so much happening weather-wise. And, you know, I know we have AMS 19 coming up in Phoenix to start, you know, the next year, but... NWA would have been fun to be at this year because a lot of the stuff was based on, 
you know, uh, severe weather. A lot of the stuff they did with the public outreach was around severe weather. So it was really cool to just kind of see this. And again, I'm really glad that we have these organizations around that are willing to put in the time and the effort to put these conferences on because it's really a chance for all of us in this community to get together and talk and really dive into what we're all working on. Yeah, exactly. It gives us all a chance to nerd out, you know, and then it, it gives us a chance to relay this kind of stuff to the public because they're the ones that, that need it, you know, and so that's why I'm really glad that, you know, Facebook and Twitter especially have really been, you know, blowing up with all these different weather pages and ways of getting warnings and everything. So, you know, the more research we do, the better we'll understand about everything and be able to relay it to the public. Oh, it's so true. And, you know, we, we talked about last week about being aware on public, but being aware, period, is really the name of the game. Yes, definitely. Well, Bonnie, we've had another great conversation. I really appreciate you joining us on this week's edition of B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma City. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.